We've said it a hundred times, but it just keeps being true. Nikola Jokic is better than ever. We'll talk about how on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys being with us on whatever platform that you've chosen. You can spend your day and your time however you choose, and you choose to spend it with us, and for that, we're really grateful. Uh, you can join us on whatever platform that you want, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We do appreciate those five-star reviews. You can join the live show on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Nuggets and hit the subscribe button. And turn on notifications. You can join the live show when we go live throughout the week. We appreciate you guys being with us. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Every, make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares. Don't you love that you have a brand, a Red Bull brand? I got to get the sponsorship. That's so true. You're right. I've genuinely thought about reaching out and being like, hey, I I subsist on your product. So it feels like we should be. Oh, no. What happened? Also talk about Julian Strother, and we'll get to a little bit of Warriors Nuggets preview as well. Um, let's start right here. So, Adam, you were um, you, you asked Malone about this, and on, on what day is today? On Monday's game, <laughs> and me and Matt, these are our lives. We yeah. we, it, yeah. what we, day? We, we what work day? till two in the morning. Sometimes yep. we're up early, or, or yeah, all kinds of crazy hours. So. On on Monday, you asked Malone after the game, after Jokic's another incredible game from Nikola, about if he sees that he's better. And Malone commented about how he's more present in the motion in moment emotionally. He's more active as a leader. That was the challenge for Malone in preseason was for him to be more of a vocal leader. And I think a lot of that is like, I think Malone in the moment of like because Malone has to has has to focus on like how the team plays that he has a hard time. Like he doesn't sit down and just be like, I'm going to watch all of Nicola's possessions, right? Like that's not how he, he looks at or approaches the game. And I, this wasn't how he intended it, but he did touch on something that I think really defines to me, the difference in Nikola Jokic this year versus last year versus the MVP season or the second MVP season versus the first one versus the 2019 run or 20. Um, he talked about presence and Adam, to me, that's like the biggest thing here is that Nicola has reached a point where when he's on the floor, it is different for all of the other players, the four other nuggets players and the five other opponents where when he steps on the court, it's not just another guy. There's a presence and, and gravity that carry that he carries with him. That's intimidating to the opponent and it's encouraging to his team and like it was always like they felt like they had a good chance and and like he was going to set them up on all these things but it's different now in that Jokic is uh, Harrison posted the play of him directing the entire sequence uh in that in that play and he'll, he'll do that from time to time and it's not uncommon but 
we've always talked about on this show, Jokic's control of the game. It has transcended now to that LeBron level of there is a presence when he is on the court that honestly feels pretty indomitable. Am I crazy for saying I feel like it's above that? <laughs> and, and here's what I mean. And, and here's what I mean. Some of this is just cultural of the last 20 years are different than the previous 20 years where people always talk about Michael Jordan as people feared him. You feared Michael. People didn't fear LeBron. Some of this, I think, is just the internet age and the way the world evolved from the LeBron era to this era. But I think people fear Jokic. Like, this is the difference between previous seasons and this one to me is Jonas Valanciunas is a really good player. He's not a star, but he's a really good player. He looks so demoralized. I don't want to say he looked afraid of Jokic, but he certainly looked like it didn't matter. Like, he, he felt he had a sense about him in that game of what am I even doing out here? Like, what, what am I doing? I'm, I'm not making any impact. He fouled out. Jokic is getting whatever shots he wants on him. You mentioned the directing traffic plays. Plays like that, the, the entire team is like scrambling right into his traps. I just feel like Jokic, last year, maybe it was winning the title. Maybe it was the way he did it. But I feel like last year there was not this respect level for him from or, or fear factor from the guys he was going up against. I agree. And at the same time, there wasn't this killer aspect from Jokic where he was like, I know you're afraid of me, so I'm going to go after this. And this year, that's what's different, as I feel like the guys that he's going up against are looking at it like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing out here. And I just hope he doesn't do something that makes me look too bad. I totally agree with you in that there's a real uh, – there's fear. There's also – I noticed in both the Pelicans game, the Jazz game, that – when and the Mavs game was the other one I noticed is in when he checks back in second quarter, fourth quarter, I, like I'm watching the other the opponents' reactions, and there you see the thing that like LeBron did with Kawhi a couple of years ago when Kawhi checked back in, like yeah. Yogis checks back in, and they're just like, Yeah, all right, like fun's okay. over, <laughs> yeah, fun's over. And you know, the Nuggets bench has been has been really good compared to expectations, but um. You know, there, there's a lot of discussion now about because of this level that he's played at, and you've kind of pointed out. I, I will say this: when Adam says things like "this is the best that he's ever played" or "this is the best that maybe anybody has ever played," um, I take it very seriously because Adam is as much as you've always been. You know, you were day one on him. You also have a really uh, like it's impossible for for you to not uh, like assess him accurately if that makes sense like i've never seen like you don't give him a pass when he hasn't when it's like yeah he's sure great, you know like it, that, that's not what you've ever done and more to the point though is when you specifically are just like this was incredible because there's nights where i've been like god Jokic was a monster and you're like yeah he was good yeah yeah you know but the the way that you've described his the back-to-back mavs bulls and then this last game versus pelicans is a little bit different it's uh, to me, it's a three game stretch because he's been good all year. But before that point, the Lakers game, he was pretty dominant. But the games in between that and this last three game stretch to me were like regular Jokic, like, oh man, he's dominant. He's the MVP. He's this or that. These last three have just represented to me something else. And maybe it's an anomaly. I mean, it's only a three game stretch, but it's just more serious, more buttoned up. We mentioned these things out of training camp and out of the preseason where it's like, man, he's not, you know, he, he's doing things full right now. He's going hard for whatever reason. And we couldn't figure out why. And I really do just wonder if he, 
you know how they talk about a runner's high. I've never had a runner's high, Matt. I've never run far enough or hard enough to have a runner's high. But I hear it's a thing that you get in the zone where it's like euphoric to be pushing yourself to the limit that you're pushing yourself. I kind of feel like Jokic has a runner's high where he's been dominant, he's winning, and he's reached this level where it's lifting him now to almost push himself even beyond that. And Matt, and I appreciate you saying that, Matt, about me and how I analyze Jokic, but I will say this. I've always pushed the goalpost or tried to look around the corner with him. So I've always been a year or so ahead of the narratives, and thankfully Jokic has always proven me right. I've always said he's here, but I feel like he's going here. Right now, when I say that I'm not sure LeBron dominated at this stage the way that Jokic is dominating at this stage, I mean it. LeBron athletically dominated these different things, but he didn't dominate all the chess pieces to this extent until later on. The Cavs years is where I feel like he really kind of understood how to manipulate the way Jokic perfectly manipulates everything. And what I my big thing is Yoke going into killer mode, getting just starting to put fear in people to where you're seeing where people are a little bit concerned. I just wonder if the next phase of this is a whole new stratosphere, even for Jokic, where it's very rare that an entire league looks at a guy and is like, that guy's a little scary. I, I try not to get caught in recency bias because I know it's how real it is. Like, it's just, yeah. it's always real. And then yeah. you kind of go like, I know recency bias, but, and it's like, well, yeah. no, like that's the whole thing is influence yeah. of you. Um, what I'll say is I, I think I probably still put 12, 13, 13, 14 LeBron, a, like a half notch ahead of, of Joker. But like, that's not an insult. That's literally the best basketball I've seen played since I was a child. Like, and I would actually argue pretty definitively that LeBron's control over the game and Jokic's control over the game was substantially higher than Jordan's. Like <laughs> Jordan was Jordan and Jordan will always be Jordan. And Jordan is, is the goat for various reasons to various people. Maybe he's not, I don't really care. The point here yeah. is that to, to, if I'm like, yeah, no, I think Joker's playing at that, at that tier. That is, I don't know, like, I have no other basketball compliment I can issue that's higher. Like, there's you, nothing else yeah. I can do. And, you know, the, the the thing is that people will say, you know, LeBron athletically was so dominant. And I think it's true. You know, obviously, he 2013 LeBron is one of the most athletically gifted basketball players the league's ever seen. And also just so happened to be the most talented or, or, or whatever. What I'll say is that Jokic is now athletically dominant. Not in a runs fast way, although he does outrun his opponents up and down the court. Mm -hmm. But he is so strong. Valanciunas is strong. Valanciunas is a top 10 strongest player in the NBA, top 15, somewhere in there. Jokic made him look like Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Like he, Jokic right now might be the physically strongest player or hardest player to sort of like hold. And that to me is why you would never compare him to Shaq because Shaq will spin and dunk on you. But he is like Shaq in that you need the strongest people in the NBA just to hold him. Yeah, and there's I want I want to be clear on this. Like none of these players that he's clowning are are like are, most of them are not yeah. playing badly. Like right. JB did everything you're yeah. supposed to do. Yeah. And there's nothing to be done. Yeah. Um and it's just incredible. I will say also I asked Malone about this. You know, they're in this tough schedule stretch and the Pelicans game was another one and you mentioned Jokic running like the the I I want to give also Jokic a high level of praise here in that they're not winning off of um, effort. Like they are superior, 
they are also busting their ass when they need to. When the opportunity mm -hmm. arises, when they sense a moment of weakness, they are running the ball down their throat. And you saw it on all those sequences with like the fast breaks and stuff like that with Jokic, and he's moving quick. Like he is playing with such intensity when he does play, and he deserves a lot of credit for that, for not easing into the season and dealing with what is a tough stretch of adversity schedule wise without Jamal and approaching it that way. Adelman said he gave him a B minus or something for conditioning in the preseason. Yoke looks like he's in such great shape right now. Yeah. He's running and playing so hard. Uh, on the other side, on the other end of the spectrum, we've got Julian Strother, the rookie, who's playing absolutely phenomenal. We'll get Adam's thoughts on that as well as what I think. And we'll talk a little bit more about Colin Gillespie and his role with the bench as Jamal Murray will continue to miss time. We'll do that up next on Locked on Nuggets. Right now, I need to tell you about prize picks. Prize picks, you're not going to have more fun playing daily fantasy sports than with prize picks. You just pick up to, you just select two players. You can check out, select up to five, pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry, and you go up to 25 times your money. Uh, with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. That's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So you can do Jokic rebounds and uh, Russell Wilson completions at a <laughs> at a combo and get way more on – I'm being serious – uh, Want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. The I'm by the way going to be playing uh, Michael Porter Jr. over on rebounds again. He's been absolutely fantastic rebounding since he kind of got out of his mini slump early in the season. I'll be on him on that. Plus, I think he actually knocks down his threes tonight versus the Warriors. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you've got a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. World's finest coming at you on uh, Wednesday before the Nuggets take on the Warriors tonight. We'll preview that in the next segment. Tomorrow, we'll have a recap episode breaking down what happened in the Warriors game. Um, I will probably do that tomorrow morning solo and then uh, swipe and I'll be with you on Friday. All right, let's talk about Julian Strother, my man. So, um, you know, second year in a row that... So, like, I, I want to pose this one to you just because... Julian deserves his flowers and he'll continue to get them. Like he's a good player. I think he's shown that in preseason had a obviously monster game the other night versus the Pels. Um, there'll be a lot of time for us to talk about what, what Strother's doing. Well, I want to ask you this question. Um, the old kind of talking point was that Malone wouldn't play the rookies. And I always kind of said like, look, if they do the right things, he'll play them. If they can play the way that they need to at the level that they're at, he'll play them. Um, is it does does who do, who gets more credit for Strother being in the rotation over Justin Holiday and getting the kind of opportunity he has? Calvin for picking him and selecting him and and, and being and identifying him, or Malone for on a veteran team giving him this kind of opportunity. They both deserve credit. Who deserves more? 
Man, I don't. I kind of don't like the question because I, I don't know if it makes sense, like to 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 pit it against each other in that way. I will say that no, you hope that. That, that, you that, hope that. you hope for there being perfect synergy there. Um, you know, Calvin also selected Hunter Tyson and Jalen Pickett, who are not playing a two-way player. Con Gillespie is so. I guess you give the credit for picking Julian Strother, a guy who looks ready to play in the NBA right out of the package, the same way you would maybe not credit for not having a backup point guard that he, the coach trusts to go right now. So, right. Um, so I don't know, I guess I would go with, with Calvin, but I give Malone a lot of credit though. I will say this Peyton Watson played on night one. And I did not think he would. And I think it's been very important that we are eight games into the Peyton Watton rookie season. I mean, effective rookie season. Julian Strother has played real minutes already in eight games. I give Michael Malone a lot of credit for that. I think it's important. And even Colin Gillespie, there's coaches that would probably go to just riding Reggie for 40 minutes or some other things. And he's like, you know what? We're going to stick out a guy with no NBA experience in a high leverage situation and trust him to, to perform. And he did. Calvin specifically mentioned three-point shooting and that they needed another shooter <laughs> as a big reason. And I want to like it is I am a I am not a um a shot-oriented analyst. Like I'm not as interested in shot stuff as a lot of other people are. Um there's just so much about the game that I I like more. But in particular, those deep deep threes off of DHO actions that Strother's taking and the defense, like, again, these are plays that both stem or push momentum and they're plays that impact the opponent and that they're like, God, are you this now this guy, like yeah. I just survived eight minutes of Jokic. And now I've got this, this kid bombing from 30, that three point accuracy really helps because that second unit does have to get stops and run. And they are low on shot creation, but you can manage some of that if your three-point volume and accuracy is good. And Strother fits into that mode and mold perfectly. And that's been like I think a big benefit for what he's done. Um, I I I've I've liked his his floater game since summer league. It's just one of my like if you have that as a baseline, what can you do? I can I can shoot off of quick catch, like I'm moving, I move into the shot as I'm catching and directly into my motion and I can hit that consistently. And if they close, I can pump fake drive hit floater. That's like enough to get you in almost any rotation in the league, as long as you're okay defensively. Yeah. And that, that baseline quality of the two, like that combination of the two to me is what makes Strother not only playable, but a real benefit to this team and helps that second unit, especially when I think that Christian's kind of struggling right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the floater, it was funny after the game, he said he trusts it more than his jumper. He trusted more than any part of his game. He trusts his floater, which I don't know if I buy that. But you know what? He does trust it a lot. I mean, he goes to it. He makes it a lot, and he seems comfortable with it. But to me, Matt, the thing about Strother that I love, in addition to his size, which is just such a huge thing, like Jordan Hawkins had a great game the other night. I was very impressed with him. He's so tiny yeah. that you're always going to go to that whenever you talk about him. You know, you're going to mention it. Julian Strother is enormous. He's six yeah. seven. Yeah, you know, like he's taller than Kobe Bryant. <laughs> you know, think about like think about that, or, or Michael Jordan, or this. So he's a tall player with lots of length, and then he has all these things. But the thing I love about him is he just understands. The best shooters seem to know how to get open because they just know their their whole lives they play wide receiver. They're not running backs. They're not with the ball in their hand. They're like I have to run to get open, and then the pass finds me and I launch it. He's really good at that. 
He cut well. He reads the court well. His timing is great. His release is great. He anticipates when the ball is about to come to him. One of the most maddening things, and Michael Porter does this more than you would think, one of the most maddening things is when a player is wide open and not ready for the shot, and then the ball comes to him, and they're like, oh, my God, really? And then they don't make it because it's like they were – Julian is like – if you watch him, he is like looking at Jokic like ready to go because he knows the moment the ball gets there, it's got to go up. And I just – I, I honestly think Julian Strother is going to be a great player for the Nuggets, a major impact piece for the Nuggets for years to come. It's really impressive given the where they they've got him in the in the draft. Again, just like um, this is I'm uh, spitballing this based off of what I've seen before. I don't have the exacts, but it's basically the drop off is like top three. You're very likely to get a star player. Um, three right. through eleven, you're likely to get or four through 11, you're very likely to get a starter 11 through 20. You're likely to get a rotation player, but not necessarily a starter. Um, that back end 10 is real hit or miss. Like it's just real hit or miss. And the odds of finding a top seven rotation guy are, is honestly pretty low. Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm always kind of like, I don't know. I think we kind of, when we have the conversations, if you're going to be, if you know that the, that, that you're trading a pick that's in the high twenties, I'm like, I don't know how much value you're really trading right, there. Right. Um, and to convert these into these kind of players where again, like I, you know, I've, I've made the case like, Hey, they should have gotten some veterans. What about Ish Wainwright? What about this guy? What about that guy? What about this? You know, all these guys that I know. And it's like, well, look, Strother, I think is already better than them because Strother is a guy that can go out like just scoring production wise. The stuff is huge, you know? And again, like, um, I, and I got, I haven't, I will admit that we're so early in the season. He's played so few minutes. I haven't like dug down on his defense and he's going to make mistakes because he's a rookie. That's normal. That's okay. Although I think um, fewer than most rookies, that's an important piece rookies. of all this. That's the thing yeah. is like, there are not sequences where I'm just like, Oh no, like there right, are certain right. guys. And I really just, I, I do, again, this is not a, a you mentioned that not a fair to pit them against each other. Here's another one for you. Um, like, Bones would have taken those some of these sequences. He would take those deep threes, but he would take them off the dribble, which are always almost inherently going to be lower percentage shots. And Bones' defensive stuff was always very much like, oh, this is this may never get good. Like right, this right. will probably never be good. And Strother is just so much more solid. And for this Nuggets team, that's what they need. Like that's he fits what they need really well for where they're at in the process, which is championship contention. And, and I'll tell you, I know Calvin is big on pedigree, and a lot of this is, you know, did you play at a major school where there were expectations and, and and you know, tradition and those things? And, like, Gonzaga is one of those, right? That's a that's a premier school that has a tradition of playing the right way and this or that. Yeah. Did Julian Strother talked about this at the draft or and talked about this in, in training camp where his rookie season or his, his freshman season at Gonzaga, he didn't play, and it was expected he wouldn't. So coming into the NBA – he didn't have this entitlement or expectation that he was going to be a certain thing. Like, I think that is part of the calculus of, Hey, are you comfortable knowing that you have to earn it and that things are going to go slow for you most likely? Um, and he seems to be one of those guys that is comfortable with it. And obviously bones was not as, as, as we found out, but you know, to me, his minutes right now are so great because Mike, I, what I love about Michael Malone and maybe I would even change my answer now is, Michael Malone has been giving him minutes in the first half and making him earn them in the second. And I think that is both great for pushing a player and saying, hey, focus on the right things, focus on the right things. But it also takes pressure off Julian. Like it, in a weird way, it's like, look, we need to be able to win these games without you. 
But if you help us, it's a bonus. And I just feel like that's the sweet shot spot. And last game, he helped Denver win that. I think they probably would have won it without him, but they won it by 20 points because of him. Yeah. On the other side, the Nuggets take on the Warriors in a game that's going to be possibly missing multiple starters, but still will be a really interesting matchup of two of the best teams in the Western Conference. We'll break it down in a preview fashion up next on Locked on Nuggets. So about FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Uh, I love the Bengals this week. I think the Texans are very overrated. I think they're good, but this line doesn't make any sense to me, and especially on the Moneyline. Like I've thought about teasing it. So if you're going to take up that promo, I think the Bengals money line is a really good one. Not that the Texans are bad. I think they're pretty good. They're really well coached. But I also think that um, the Bengals, I think, are still dealing with a little bit of power rating um, discrepancy from early in the season when Burrow wasn't right. He's right now. I think this Bengals team is really good, and they get a legit chance at the Super Bowl. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Wrap it up here with Adam Mares on a Wednesday. Uh, hours before the Nuggets take on um, too many hours, I'll, I will note, for an 8 o'clock start um, for know, Warriors Nuggets. Um, for those of you just as like yeah. behind, the cur- behind the curtain, um, it's not necessarily the late start. It's that I just, there's a weird effect that anyone that goes to the games will tell you. If we show up at 5.15 for Malone's press conference for a 7 o'clock start, the 6.15 to 8 o'clock differential feels like 1.75 times longer <laughs> than the gap between 5.15 and 7. I don't know why, but there's like a time dilation effect mm. and it results in all of us being like, oh my God, the game hasn't started yet. So uh, going to be a late night with me driving home in the snow. Uh, Is it snowing snow. tonight? It's going to snow tonight. Not Are much. You... The, uh, the Springs what? is going to get really hit and... Uh, if anybody in the like the mountains are gonna get dumped on, um, they're getting they're Matt, getting. You ruined my day, dude. What the heck? So, um, well, that's what I'm here for, Adam. I'm not <laughs> here to make it better. Uh, let's talk about the Warriors and the Nuggets. So, uh, Draymond Green's questionable tonight with personal reasons. I'm not sure what's going on uh, with Dre. He's uh, questionable to play. Jamal Murray, Malone, if you haven't heard, has said uh, he's gonna. It's not gonna be a short term thing with Murray, and and we kind of hinted at that. That like, look hamstrings are tricky the biggest thing with the hamstring is that you could probably like you could return on it in two weeks like i wouldn't have expected him for two weeks period you can return on it in two weeks but your injury re-risk is high especially if you're a guard especially if you're a starter so like heavy minutes for a guard is not a really good situation and for him to return to what he needs to return as like it's probably going to be like i'd say like a month is probably like what i'm projecting is they're probably going to go now through the beginning of December without him. If it gets into the January well, range, well, well, you know that the in-season tournament is in no is in one month. That's accurate. Yeah. What so if Denver makes it to the in-season tournament, would he come back for the tournament portion of it? No. You don't think? No. I'll bet you he would. First of all, hold up. Are there going to be a lot of attention on the tournament games? Yes. Will there be a lot of media and fanfare and a big stage? Like, come on, man. 
Yeah, <laughs> if the Nuggets make the tournament, Maria's coming but back. But to the you're tournament. forgetting the 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 key rule here, which is that NBA players never want to show they care. <laughs> well, hold on a second. There's half a million dollars at stake too. Like, okay, all right, fair. I, I honestly think this is setting up for Murray's return for the in-season tournament. He goes full bubble Murray or finals Murray. Turns out in-season tournament Murray, and uh, there you go. That's true. Like, I mean, look, if um, if Jamal Murray on his contract wins five hundred thousand dollars, he won't have to go to the ATM to put his his walking around money. <laughs> it's insane how much these guys make. Um, I just keep thinking like five hundred thousand is probably like what Aaron Gordon spends on like a piece of jewelry. <laughs> like that keeps like rattling around <laughs> in my brain, and I'm just like, what am I? There doing? is a chance that a player for whatever team wins the in season tournament spends that much money in the party for the celebration of the in-season tournament. 100%. Uh, the matchup tonight, I think, is really fascinating with or without Draymond. Um, Steph Curry is... is Good shooter. <laughs> pretty good. He's pretty good at the shooty hoops. Um, the thing with, with, with Curry that's most impressive to me is there is usually kind of like a stagnation, at least in terms of regular season performance, as guys get older. And Curry is as good as he has honestly ever been like maybe 2016, just because it was so outrageous, but percentage wise uh, volume, the quickness, the sharpness uh, there, there is, you cannot watch Steph Curry and not be amazed at what he does. People will just, you know, there will be focus on the, on, Oh, he made another three. It's all of the work that goes into it. And if you're watching tonight, that's what I would tell you is like, you know, root for the Nuggets, but watch Curry on every sequence and look at how much work he puts into yeah. creating the shots that he does. That's crazy. Because so many, so few players do. On the other hand, this team is whittle biddle. This yeah. is a very small team on the Warriors, and it cost them versus the Cavaliers. The response is, well, it cost them because the, the Cavaliers were able to, to hurt them defensively, and that won't be the case with the Nuggets, despite the fact that the Nuggets, by the way, have the second-best half-court defense in the league currently. Um, do I expect them to finish there? No, but am I kind of interested in seeing what the length and size of Denver does to a, a very small and a half-step slower Warriors team? Uh, I am. I think this game is really fascinating. Uh, the line on it, by the way, is I think three and a half. I have it at Nuggets minus four on normalized home court. I haven't done like in-season numbers on, on home court yet because it's too early. Uh, if I use last season's numbers, I have Nuggets by 10 because the Nuggets were absurd last year at home. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on this matchup and, and what you're going to be looking out for tonight? Yeah, super interesting matchup to me. So um, the Draymond piece, by the way, would change a lot. If he's out tonight, I think, look, Draymond's a good defender. And I think that they have the requisite um, front court, at least in the starting lineup, to say, okay, that's interesting because you put Looney on Jokic, a big body who knows how to move his feet and position him, just play smart, and Draymond the Roamer, who will just not guard Aaron Gordon. Like, that's a tough matchup for the Nuggets. Yeah. If you don't, but they're also small behind that. So, after, you know, any minutes that don't feature them, Denver should absolutely crush. And they might crush those minutes even against those guys. If Draymond's out, that all goes out the window. Gavon Looney, as good as he is, can't handle Jokic one-on-one. -on -one. There's not enough help side coming from anybody else. Kaminga's not, you know, in my opinion, ready to be that type of player, not even close. So to me, Denver would have a huge inside advantage tonight should Draymond not play. They should have one either way, but should Draymond not play, they should have a huge inside advantage. But what's interesting to me is more about the defense of Steph Curry. 
because Denver, in my opinion, one of the things that's exciting about them is they have more defenders than ever. With Christian Brown coming into year two, Peyton Watson in, entering the fold. And I'm really curious to see Steph Curry is unlike any of the other players. They've done a good job against a bunch of different scores so far in the early go of this year. Desmond Bain, um, you know, Eve Zion the other day, a bunch of different types. Steph is a different type we haven't seen yet. And I'm just curious to see who guards him, who guards him well, and how Denver does with the various bodies they can throw at him. Uh, a key thing tonight is honestly going to be this. Uh, Chris Paul has they have destroyed in the Chris Paul minutes and Paul's coming off the bench and Paul has been extremely low turnover this year. So like that honestly is going to be a little bit of a battle here, especially without Jamal, right? You can't stagger Jamal against CP three in those, in those second unit minutes. So I'm going to be really interested to see how that looks with what the, like the nuggets bench has been so good. Can they keep that up versus a Warriors second unit that has been phenomenal, especially defensively? Like those two two teams are going to be like this is a little bit of a defensive battle because um, it's Chris Paul with Gary Payton the second and um, sometimes Looney and some of those other like the the rotation minutes have been really good in those second minutes second unit minutes. Dario Saric they kind of play the, the same. Uh, small ball switch five so it's gonna be interesting watching like Zeke Naji Saric in those backup minutes Curry's been playing on the same basic rotation uh, alignment that Jokic has so you're gonna see a, really yeah that's that's new isn't it didn't he yeah. used to stagger okay yeah he used to stagger and now he this oh, season he's okay. doing he's playing uh heavy up front first quarter exits about the three minute mark comes back in eight minute mark plays the same thing that, that Jokic does um what also has been kind of interesting I will note is uh they have They've won the the Curry Draymond minutes, but typically the Curry Draymond minutes are dominant. They haven't been so far this season. Their record okay. is good, but this is like if Draymond plays, this is like a real test. Now, also he's he's questionable with personal reasons, which I always kind of wonder. Like, is he even in town? Like, that's right, a, a legitimate right. question here. Um, and so like, if he doesn't play, then that obviously changes that dynamic, but it is going to think going to be kind of interesting in that the Draymond, no Steph minutes have been really negative, which is fascinating because last year it was the opposite, mm-hmm. um, shows you how unstable these things can be, but. And, a- and just to be clear, the Jokic Murray minutes so far this year haven't been dominant either. Right. So like, sometimes it's just a small sample size, right. you know, or whatever, um, plus seven net rating, which is good, but usually Jokic Murray is like plus 18. So that's off to a slower start. And I think that's just, you know, small sample sizes. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, like I, 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 I'm, I am always of the opinion that I'm like, look, I'm going to talk about these things because this is the data that we have, yeah. but you have to understand that it hasn't been great. Um, but as a oh. kind of comparison point, by the way, you want to know how, how it's been. Um, I thought it was, it, they were still winning it. I was wrong. Steph Draymond are is minus 1.4. Th- this year. That's wild. That's so, really wild. Um, again, small sample, uh, they're mm. going to be fine over the, over the course of the season, but it'll be uh, a really fascinating matchup. I think, um, I, w- I want to see Colin Gillespie, by the way, if he plays tonight, I assume he's playing because he played well in the second half of last night. And Malone just seems to really Malone. You can sometimes read into the comments. Malone keeps talking about how much the team trusts him and the team and this or that. So I kind of feel like Gillespie is going to get some run here. You know, Chris Paul, that's a tough matchup, even though he's older, it is a smaller guy. You know, so there's a, I don't know if there's as much of a height advantage or disadvantage as there will be on some matchups. Um, but it, nonetheless, it's going to be a tougher matchup. And, you know, Chris Paul loves going at young point guards. 
Like he just loves to be like, oh, this guy's inexperienced. Let me see if he knows how to do this. Can I um, can I ask you? It's pointless to be like, who's going to guard stuff? I always like, I am at the point where Casey. where it's, it's it's understandable that people ask that because that's how we think of basketball. But I'm like, right, guys, are like Curry's never going to not run off a screen. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of switches. Yeah, and so I I do have a question for the honey because I, I you've I think done more of the film work than I have so far. Is Denver capable of doing enough off-ball switches to main to, to handle that? Have they been good at, the, at those sequences? I mean, I think so, especially their starting lineup. And guys like Christian Brown don't mess those up. You know who the guys that have stood out to me have messing up the most of those? Christian Brown uh, – I'm sorry, Reggie Jackson, Yeah, n- number one. And I would say Peyton Watson. But Peyton Watson's been better than I would have expected at, at this stage. And then you have Michael Porter, who always, I think, still you know makes those types of mistakes. Michael Porter's been great defensively against a lot of guys. Steph is a different type of defender. So this would test – like not every player is a good defender for every other type of matchup. And Michael Porter has done a really good job against guys like Luka and, and, and LeBron and different players this year. Steph is a completely different type of challenge for him. And so I think he'll get tested tonight as well. He won't. I want to make this very clear. Malone will not change the rotation. It will be the exact same guys. Uh, this is a game, though. Like, let me put it this way: if they were in a playoff series and it was like game two, uh, I would seriously consider bringing Reggie off the bench and starting Christian Brown. For this matchup, it would be smart. Like, you have that would give you a lot of really good defenders. And honestly, I think Denver's going to play tonight. I'll bet you they get to lineups like that. One just to get a read, even with I actually even with Reggie, because I think they'll play with Reggie. But I'll bet they'll get to Peyton, Christian, Gordon lineups with Jokic out there just to see, like, we have all of our best defenders. You can't match up Hunt, and let's see if it stifles them. And it might. And if you can – here's what I'll say. This is why this game's interesting to me personally. Denver's been very good defensively this year. They look like a real defensive team. The Warriors challenge you in your execution of defense. Yeah. And so I'm kind of curious to see if Denver is ready for that level of challenge. And by the way, Matt – this is the end of probably the most condensed portion of the schedule. They get three days off after this. Four, I think it counts as four days because they don't play till Sunday. That's a nice break. I'm kind of curious to see, is Denver tired tonight? Are they motivated? Like, I want to see what they look like as this last challenge before it almost feels like a reset. We almost – phase one ends today of the season. You move into phase two after this. What a what a fun start to the season. All these games are but, good. The basketball eight, is really great right now. Eight, seven and one is great. Seven and two is not bad. It's pretty good. Eight and one would be like a really, really good start through nine games. Yeah, especially with the wins that they have on their resume. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of the Warriors game. Make sure to tune in then. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit us up with the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Haven't got one for a while. Uh, Check out – I want to give a shout-out to Adam. Check out the uh, All-NBA show. On all cities with Tim Legler and Adam Warren. If you haven't, if you haven't, or if you're not somebody, if you listen to the show, like I always remember this because I've had people come up and be like, "Oh, I love your show. Um, I listen to it every day." And I'm like, "Oh, great. Are you on Twitter?" And they're like, "No." And then like I have to remember, like, "Oh, not everyone's as online as I am." Um, <laughs> so, well, if, if you're listening, go check out the All NBA Pod uh, with Adam Mares and Tim Legler. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's such a, it was such a great listen. You're gonna get so much stuff out of it. It's real hoops talk. Go check that out. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, quick shout out to uh, go check out Locked On Avalanche because they uh, the Avalanche scored uh, six goals last night so that my wife was no longer sad. So shout out to Locked On Avalanche for covering the abs. Uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Nights.